Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of The Dial-Up Dudes. It's a show like no other. We are bringing you content for the He-Man generation. We're three 40-year-old blokes, well, I'll be 40 in August, talking about the way we see the world through the eyes of our generation. We'll take a little nostalgic look back into the past and we'll talk about those weird little things you discover as you get a bit older, such as ear hair. What's all that about? Where's it come from? Has it escaped my head? Is it slowly migrating towards my toes? What the hell's going on with that? If you learned more moral lessons from Masters of the Universe than your parents, if you can recall the lyrics to the Bird's Eye Potato Waffles ad by heart, and if you remember those heady five weeks in early 1996 when Babylon Zoo were number one in the UK with Spaceman, then this is the podcast for you. In today's episode, we'll be talking about that Harry and Meghan interview and the fallout, the Back to the Future movie franchise, and why did we get taught Pythagoras at school when we're not all architects, yet no one taught us about the importance of a pension, given we're all going to get old. But before we do that, you should probably find out a bit more about us. Now, being as we are a bunch of nobodies, there's not really a lot to say about myself. I don't know about you guys. So let's do a little bit of an intro for each other to keep it interesting. So I'm going to start off. And first of all, it's my pleasure to introduce the early 2000s East End punk rock alternative to Eddie Murphy, a man who once <laughs> catapulted himself off the top of a bus stop into a hedge, not realising there was a fence inside of it. A husband, a father, charity worker by day, whiskey connoisseur by night. It's my good friend, Mr. David Springer. David, how are you Hello. doing? Hello, Jim. I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for the very warm welcome. That was very uh, generous of you. Um, I don't remember diving. I must have been very drunk on that whiskey. That was before that. a stag do, before we went to Prague for Brett stag do. Oh, you launched yeah. yourself off into that bush. And I never stopped flying. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm very good. Thank you very much. Obviously, like I said, I'm a father, lover. Did you say lover? Well, I didn't say I, you were a lover. I, I haven't experienced uh, that, I'm afraid. Maybe in the future. Well, <laughs> you'll find out more throughout these uh, podcasts, which how <laughs> much of a lover I am, Mr. Lover Lover. Anyway, I'd like to introduce you to our third party, which is Mr. Robert Bish, also known as a heartbreak kid, had girls up and down the A13 sniffing at his door. Hello, Rob. How are you? Hello. Thank you very much for my warm introduction of me sounding like a sexist pig. <laughs> <laughs> a sexist pig or a sexy pig? Oh, I'd love to. I'd be like one of them when pigs that find the truffles, the sex truffles. <laughs> Absolutely. Introducing my friend Jim. We've known each other for over twenty years now. Yes, he's got many tattoos. He's very tall. He lives in a house with two cats and a husband. And he's a he's a proud member of Pride of Irons and a West Ham fan. And also my friend and Dave's friend. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thank you. The, the, the best part of that is where you said that I was tall. Um, <laughs> I'll write something better next time. Yeah, please do. <laughs> yeah. So let, let's jump into today's show. We've got a couple of things we want to talk about. First thing of all, I guess it's on everyone's lips at the moment. There's uh, a lot of oh, news oh. about it. Oh, I mean, there's none on my lips at the moment. Um, but there will be after this podcast. Maybe I should have had some beforehand. But no, look, it's, all, it's everyone's been talking about this week. The Prince Harry and Meghan interview with Oprah. Um, did either of you guys watch it? I saw clips of it, to be honest. With you. I thought it was Ian Wright interviewing her, to be honest. With you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Ian Wright is getting a bit Oprah interviewed, isn't he? Not gonna lie. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I thought it was the match of the day I was, I was watching. <laughs> did you watch the highlights then, Dave? <laughs> 
I, 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 I'm now terrified we're going to get people listening to the first episode thinking this is a racist podcast. <laughs> Look, I liked Harry in his Nazi uniform, all right? I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, I, I, I wasn't going to go out my way to watch it, but I ended up watching some of it. And I just want to set my, my stall out. I don't give a shit about Harry and Meghan. Um, not, not, you know, I don't dislike them. I don't like them. They're like, to me, the Kardashians. They're famous people who are very rich, who I'll never be able to relate to in my life. We've got nothing in common. So I'm just not interested. That being said, I think, you know, people are entitled to their own self-determination. And I think given all the, the crap that he's gone through in the royal family, if he wanted to walk away, just do it. I don't know what the big deal is. Well, if there's anything to do with the crown, I'd be terrified of being in the royal family. I think they're doing the right thing and trying to escape, if I'm honest. I don't understand what I have to do interviews, though, about things. I, I, understand, I kind of understand what they're doing it, but I don't, I don't understand what they're doing at the same time. It's, is there a reason for it? Do it? Well, what, what he said was, I mean, I, I get it, right? So what they're not saying is um, we want to step away and disappear into the backdrop. What they're saying is we don't want to be part of the royal family where you have to constantly serve your life up on a plate and be criticised and not be able to do anything about it. And I, and I get that, right? They can, they can yeah. still, if they sign a Spotify contract, that's a contract on their terms, and they can decide what they, you know, what they want to tell, what they don't want to tell. And if someone criticises them, they can actually answer back. But being part of the royal family, it's kind of like I get it, right? You get the privilege, but also anyone in any paper can say anything about it. And you've just got to kind of sit there and take the abuse. It is tough, and obviously, like people think, oh, look, look at little poor little Harry, all privileged and such. But you know, in the day. For any human beings, you can't help being born into what family being born into, you know. And despite whether or not you know he doesn't want any publicity which follows him around, you know, he's a blinking prince of the UK. And who served know, for us in the army as well? He, he did. And yeah. you're gonna get you're gonna get people following you around, despite whether or not he wants privacy or not. You know, there will be people hanging from trees taking photos of him or people making up these stories and it's, it's, it's going to happen it's part of you know, who he is it's going to be until like you know he dies yeah but but, doing, but you're saying that though Dave you're, you're saying that but doing these interviews and haven't they signed some book deal or Netflix deal or something as well or that Beckham I can't remember they, anymore but they, why don't they just put them back in the public eye again they, they have done but at the same time it's on their terms as opposed to yeah yeah I suppose you know, yeah. as opposed to yeah. these stories being forced upon them with Jim and the Queen's doing it then they look like right <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the other side of it is that and the thing that he said was that the royal family pulled his security detail so he's like i, I need to raise you know i need to earn this money because we, we need to pay for security because i am still a prince and people are still going to come for me whether they protect me or not and they're still going to come for my wife whether whether we're protected or not and I've, I've, it's a good point you made about him being in the army and stuff because i think i saw it online that one of the soldiers he served with said you know he went out there to afghanistan or wherever he went and put his life on on the line for the country the least the country can do is protect him now whatever yeah. you think of the armed services and whatever you think about afghanistan or the rest of it you know he he did the, the role that he was asked to do mm. and he didn't like you said dave he didn't ask to be born into this position he has been is he supposed to now just like sit back and wait for someone to kidnap him the thing is though as well I, i'm not you know i'm not massively to date with the royal family and stuff like that like i only know things of what i suppose i see on tv and stuff like that if things change like if they said look okay we'll be we, we need an education we'll change ourselves reckon you don't go back or is it they totally just connect themselves from the actual 
everything to do with it now then i think it's like um he's done basically what his mum did and said no i just i've had enough of this i just want my own life yeah yeah it makes sense to me they were they were you know stuff you read i've read a lot of stuff to do with Diana. i actually quite like Diana. it's um it's actually quite horrific isn't it what like what stuff they how they treat her and stuff like that and outsiders if you know if, if it's true um, we wasn't there so we we're just going by what people were state saying and if that's what his life is like and that's and he knows how they treat his mum why would you want to be a part of that as well? yeah definitely and, and given everything yeah when i was younger i remember she died when i was i think i was 16 and i, I was like okay i don't know this person so i don't really get the 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 fuss not in a cruel way i just you know I, I didn't get the hype but now as an adult and having a bit of perspective and all of that stuff she did for landmine charities the fact that she went and held aids patients hands and stuff and all right i mean it might be tokenistic and symbolic in today's terms but back then people were ignorant man they didn't know that you couldn't touch someone with aids you know without getting it she she really put herself out there in a humanitarian way and that's, you know he's not at the same level as her at all but he does a lot of work with this Invictus, the, the charity. Yeah, he, yeah, he does, yeah. So, you know, it's not like he's just out there. You know, it's not like he, <laughs> I compared him to the Kardashians at the beginning, but it's not like they're out there like the Kardashians, you know, just, ha- you know, taking selfies and... Yeah, taking pictures of his ass, is he? <laughs> <laughs> squirting like cream over his ass, whatever. <laughs> he's just doing, you know, a little bit of publicity here and there, signing these deals, which, like we said, it's on their terms, um, and keeping his family happy and safe. I remember, I remember, I don't know if it's my cladded like, judgment or nothing. I remember Diana being like quite popular. And when she died, I remember being like the nation being really, really cut up about it. Like yeah. everyone, like, so why is, is everyone being so, like, if they remember that and they, you know, they went through that, why is everyone being so horrible to him there then? They've seen an outsider who's come and taken their prince and acting like you know, a spoiled little, in their terms, a spoiled little royal who's, yeah. who's coming from a life of luxury and you know is now moaning about it where where diana i suppose was where when she got with charles she was a very young woman at the time it was like a good few years difference you know i think 15 years well i think she was, yeah. I think she was like 18 he was like 30 so you know good good few years difference and you know it had all the stuff to do with camilla camilla so they had she, she had the sympathy you know she she weren't treated well by the royal family accordingly and um but no. she still had the sympathy though because their mum died because of a situation that happened, which, I think, could have, yeah. which could have caused problems in the family, could could lead to this. And that, that's part of the reason as well that that he said, right? He saw what happens when the press go for someone in the public eye. What happened to his mother, and he doesn't want the same to happen to his wife. And everyone slags her off, but we've all anyone with half a brain has seen the the Daily Mail articles that you put them side by side with Kate Middleton and Meghan Markle doing the same thing, like, so the same pose, wearing the same kind of outfit, and the headlines are just polar opposites. Um, you know, one of our friends, Paul Watson, sent me a thing the other day. It was a picture of Meghan and a picture of Kate and underneath two Daily Mail he- um, head- um, headlines. But they weren't about them too. They were about eggs. <laughs> and in the first one, said, um, you know, the one underneath Kate said, oh, an egg each day will help you live longer because scientists say blah, blah, blah. And the one under Megan said, um, an egg every day is too high in cholesterol and give you a heart attack. It, it, it's that level. It's like taking the same thing. They're both women who marry princes, but treating them completely differently. You know what? Why? I stopped, I stopped believing the press when they said like Kate Middleton has an ass. you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. 
it's 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 a weird thing to like you know you, you talk about royal family and you like zoom in on their ass and talk about their bum you know it's a sort of like the actual day and stuff like that. it's a, such a weird thing to do and i don't i don't know who still reads the daily mail if i'm honest nowadays as well well so. racists i guess I've hang, on, hang on, hang on! Don't lose our fan. I mean, our fan base, mate. Yeah, wait, can't <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Before we've even gained one. Yeah, well, I know you know. No one can see me, but I've actually got my house wallpapered in Daily Mail, so I'm actually a fan. <laughs> but I saw a thing um, earlier on, which I found quite interesting. Someone said um, it's in, it was International Women's Day, like the other day. In the space of 48 hours of International Women's Day, you got one woman who said that she'd felt suicidal who was being told that she was lying and playing up for the attention and you've got another woman who was like murdered on her way home just walking home and the things that are trending in the uk are hashtag um save peers or whatever it was and hashtag not all men and it's like this is the society we live in sadly where people just don't care it's a, it's a protest literally happening right now in london isn't it yeah and then the police banned it but the women went out and protested anyway and now you've got mainly male police officers carting women yeah. manhandling them into the back of police vans oh, well it's a crazy crazy place man and it was a copper who apparently allegedly killed that woman well he's been he's been charged yeah yeah, yeah he's been charged yeah it's, it's um been convicted yet, though, it's, it's, it's funny because i saw a lot of things saying like you know men's curfew and i, and I see loads of blokes going Oh, I fucking curfew and stuff like that. I just thought, what's the, what's the issue? You know, if, you, if, if for a few months where you can sort things out, if you were just to be indoors, you know, at like certain times, if you didn't go to work and stuff like that, why everything got a bit safer and they'd done some plans, people just get so annoyed about the thing. And, and a lot, a lot, you know, people talk about the, the Kate, um, sorry, the Megan thing about uh, being about race. And, and obviously, I, I do believe that in part it is. But yeah. also, you know, the fact that she's a woman, it happened to Diana because she's a woman. Look at Prince Prince Andrew, you know, all, all the stuff's going on with him. He's being protected. Diana's bit was was villainized at the time, even though Prince Charles was the one having it away with Camilla. You know, so it's always the woman who's to blame. What I would say as well, though, is that you know, Meghan is also not not just a woman, not just like a woman of color, but she's also an outsider. She's an American. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, I think that counts for a lot. The same way as like, um, you know, Edward. Back in the day, with obviously she was divorcee anyway, you know, people don't like or people don't like seeing the royal family marry outside, you know, anyone, anyone an English person, maybe. I know, and, I know we didn't. Yeah, Kate's the we, English rose. Yeah, we also, we all also all know as well it's a diversion to take it away from Philip as well. <laughs> really? <clears throat> yeah. 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 It is, isn't it? Because why is, everyone should be, people should be burning down the streets because of him, but. Why, why Philip, but not Andrew? Oh, Andrew, yeah, sorry. Oh, I thought you were about distracting away from the fact that Prince Philip's clearly on his last legs. Oh, and, and, and that, I suppose. No, he's, yeah. he, I don't think he's doing too well. I mean, we've not he's even... been racist somehow. We've not even touched it... on um, Piers Morgan. I mean, let's not waste too much breath on the boat. AKA but... Bigfoot. <laughs> But the, the fact that, you know, this guy has been slagging off Megan for years. She's had four years of abuse and she talks about feeling suicidal and he says he don't believe her. The bloke's criticised for 30 seconds face to face. You know, he slags her off behind her, well, not behind her back, but like, you know, on a, on a national platform where she can't, she can't defend, defend herself. Yeah. And he gets someone answer back to him for 30 seconds on TV and he storms off. Like, like Bigfoot. He looked like Bigfoot, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Like oh, Harry God, Munster. Do you know the scenes? Like, is it Harry Harry Munster? Is it, is it Harry? <laughs> Herman? Yeah. Herman. Herman. That's it. Herman Munster. Harry. Where am I getting that from? 
Yeah, it's just a weird, weird world we live in. A- any closing thoughts on the matter, Mr. Springer? It'll come. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's, it's like I find myself, the older I get, the less I care about stuff which isn't going to impact me, you know, on the day to day. But Dave, they bring in tourism, Dave. They bring in tourism, David. Yeah, I know, but you know, <laughs> well, I, I suppose I've got to deal with it, I then. I'll leave you one thing. I once gave the Queen the finger at the airport when she. And that draws to the, the end I've of that discussion. <laughs> Okay, we'll be right back after these messages. Next conversation piece that we have got for today. The future. Back to the future, the franchise. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I remember watching Back to the Future. I mean, it's a great movie. Obviously, it's still a great movie. But some of the things in it were like quite fanciful or if you think about it now they're quite fanciful fanciful but when you were a kid how much did you want a hoverboard i still want one <laughs> dave said still wants something i said i've got one you're, you're a liar rob <laughs> nowadays when people talk about hoverboards they talk about like those little things that you just like it's got Scoot two wheels in it and you just yeah. lean on it it's like a, a segue with no hand yeah. yeah no handles okay um, why, that's why, not why the hoverboard we, we wanted why do we not have hoverboards yet? Exactly. Why are they not around yet? Our generation. Are we behind with our with our fiction of technology? Exactly. Our generation has been waiting for this. Yeah. And when was that supposed to be invented in in the Back to the Future um, universe? Two thousand fifteen. So, Jim, when are you going to step up and invent it then? Well, I need the time machine to go back first, so I can invent it so it's ready in time for two thousand fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. I could do something about coronavirus as well, but you know. How would you stop coronavirus? <laughs> but from from the from the Back to the Future franchise, Rob, I can I'm just imagine Jim there flying around on the hoverboard and a flute, and the coronavirus cells running all around after him. <laughs> what was your um, overriding memory of like Back to the Future when you were a kid? Oh, I've got loads of things. Me, I always remember the second one more. That I like the second one more because it was all set in the future. And um, I always remember, like, um, if I'm really rich from betting, it was obviously Donald Trump, wasn't he? Yeah. So, yeah. I got that pretty correct spot on, didn't I? Because <laughs> he's an arsehole as well in that. <laughs> and I was just always outraged by it when he, like, when he, when he went there and he's, you know, the grave was there and it, his old school head area was all destroyed. And I was like, no, you've got us all here. <laughs> all the futuristic things, though, that it came up with for that, for that second movie how much of that stuff is actually realistic? Because, like, didn't they have a thing where... Um, the Jaws they, thing. Well, the, there's the Jaws in 3D. Yeah. So, obviously, that's, that's that's not happened. But the funny thing about that is if you if you think about the... the ho- it was basically a hologram, wasn't it? So, like, yeah. hologram technology. Well, they are they do kind of have hologram technology now. They have two-pack on stage, don't they? Exactly, yeah, a giant two-pack. But the, the, they're not... You guys are forgetting the main thing is when he puts a tiny pizza, pizza. in the oven. I, won't forget. Comes out <laughs> I, I was waiting for that bit. I was waiting for that. <laughs> but no, let's, let's do a little, let's do a little, like, a little check, right? So holograms we've got, and actually they're not, you know, coming out of the front of cinemas, but they are better than the ones in Back to the Future because that was like re- a really pixelated, weird Jaws thing, wasn't it, that was yeah, coming out? It, it looks really shit. So it was actually, terrified, though. <laughs> we've got we've got hologrammed, and they're better. 
they're just not as well used. The other thing, didn't they basically have a sort of like self-drying jacket? Oh, self-drying jacket. Yes. Well, we've got North Face jackets that are waterproof. Does that count? <laughs> no. And we're at we're at the right age to be wearing um, North Face as well. I've got North Face coat. I knew you would. <laughs> Dave, Dave, have you got one yet? No, I'm still super think, dry. I think it's more of a white people thing, isn't it? Probably. New <laughs> balance white North Face. <laughs> <laughs> so so we've, we haven't got self-drying jackets, but we do have holograms. But what about um, in their house? Didn't they have what was essentially a fax machine? Just like yes. paper, paper with messages coming out of the wall. You got fired. <laughs> <You're> fired. <laughs> they, they really... it, spells, it spells it out of the text message. You are fired. <laughs> they've really fucked that up, haven't they? Because yeah. if you look at that versus like a Google Home or an Alexa... <laughs> They've got a video call in the house as well. He does a video call. Ah, okay, yeah. So we've got Zoom and, yeah, got Zoom or, and... Or, um, Facebook portal. Yeah. That's there. The tiny pizzas that massive, I suppose, hydrated after all dehydrated uh, concentrated food, I suppose. Is yeah, we, we don't have that. No, no, we don't. But imagine when your pizzas like that and you could just you could buy so much and just put me on you. When it took it out, it was, it was so big that you could feed like the whole street as well. I thought I'd be fascinated with that. I, I always thought like that, that Jesus Christ was actually a time traveler, and now we've proven it. He's got like the five loaves and the three fish or whatever, and he just used one of those machines from Back to the Future. <laughs> right. I'm not a sneakerhead, but do they have those trainers which you can actually either see? Like, I know they actually done special release ones. They're the trainers that are uh, self- the self lacing. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't. And the baseball bat that gets bigger. Yes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you could invent that now. I mean, that's that's not exactly a leap in technology. You know what happened, though? It'd, be, it'd go wrong and it'd just shoot off into the air, wouldn't it? <laughs> it's just like, like an umbrella. That's yeah, it's like a shit umbrella. <laughs> I've got to say, though, that um, Back to Future 2 was my favourite one as well, actually. I thought the way they edited it with the first one was really good. It was really, yeah. really, well, really well done. Pure yeah. sci-fi, the first one, the second one for me. Yeah. Well, they're all sci-fi, but it's real sci-fi. It's imagine, it's like using your imagination kind of sci-fi for me. The one thing we obviously haven't covered is, uh, I mean, we talked about the, the hoverboards, but uh, no flying cars either. Yeah, that's uh, fucked, isn't it? I thought that would have been definitely, I thought that definitely would happen by now. But we do yeah. have electric cars. We do. And we also have also, Eulers. No DeLoreans as well anymore. <laughs> what was you saying, Dave? We do have Eulers coming in soon. That's what I think to do it. The ultra low emission zone. Well, I was I was gonna say we've got electric cars, but we haven't got cars that you can just put banana skins in to fuel them. Yeah, they, imagine that putting your trash in there. You know what? Well, well, I think banana skins and cars. I just think like um, Beverly Hills Cop with Axel Foley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> put the banana in my tailpipe. <laughs> I was actually thinking when I was thinking about this podcast and like the kind of things that would have looked amazing when we were younger versus now. The one thing that jumped into my head in terms of special effects, and it's it's what it's mentioning Eddie Murphy basically that's that's brought this back. Do you remember in the Golden Child when he makes that that Pepsi can (laughs) unfold itself into like a little dancing like figure? Yeah. and I was a kid, I thought that was like the height of special effects. I thought that was the most amazing thing ever. It's animation, bet, isn't it? I bet if I watched it now, it'd be shit. I reckon you'd love it even more. You didn't, you'd I be, probably you'd, would still love it. You could, probably, you could probably do it yourself as well. You know, I also love the Back, Back to the Future films as well, which I just always... I was, I was quite young when we watched when I, Well, when did Back to the Future come out again? Can you guys remember? It was like 86? 1985. 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 
like obviously we watched it when we were pretty damn young and it always used to really freak me out when he sent himself letters from the past or the future and he'd be like there's a letter i've been waiting 14 years to give it no 14 yeah. years to give it to you and i'd be like what the fuck you hold on to that for so long you know royal mail wouldn't would they just like oh this letter's been here for 40 years chuck it <laughs> how, but how many, how many sci-fi things have used that same old trope of someone arriving at the door? Oh, my great-great-grandfather asked me to, asked his, asked my great-grandfather who asked my grandfather who asked me to deliver this letter on this date. Yeah. And it's like, really? Would there, yeah. uh, you know, someone would have put that in a drawer and it would have got lost forever. Well, and, and with modern youth nowadays, they couldn't be asked because they'd be playing Call of Duty. So well, nowadays you just you just set an email and um, with like a an alert, wouldn't you? You just say, right, <laughs> yeah, don't send this email until twenty years time. But you'd think it's a scam from a different country <laughs> and just delete it instantly. Or is that a Nigerian yeah. prince from the past? Yeah, Nigerian prince, yeah. <laughs> and he had contact you for a million dollars. <laughs> but they were pretty groundbreaking movies at the time. I mean, not just for the special effects, which were pretty good actually for you know for that time. Yeah. Um, but they were just so much fun. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, I'm not dissing Hollywood nowadays, you know, things change, but I just feel like movies just aren't as much fun anymore. They're not. There's, there's, I think Hollywood these days, they're, they're too scared. They're too scared to invest in like original content. You know, it's, it's all remakes, e- isn't it? It is. It's always yeah. remakes or reboots, you know, and um, it, it's, it needs to be more balls within Hollywood now. They, and it just feels like they just want like a nice, easy cash cow you know again off a nostalgia yeah. fan base i think there was, there was more money though in hollywood back then and there was a lot of people that didn't know about film and were just investing what's that company i can't remember is it i can't remember what that, that company went bankrupt but they just kept funding all like commando within mad films and they were just throwing money at them but they were just like ultra violent because they just let anyone make them and they went bankrupt and the problem is nowadays people are just too you know, invested in the film you say to us, you know, I'm going to make a film about, you know, this young boy going back to the future of his old dude, he's, you know, he knows. They'd be like, I'm going to make that. But at least it inspired Rick and Morty. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but, but, <laughs> uh, so I think what's happened with um, with movies is that we had these short stories, because they were quite short uh, movies when we were younger. Yeah. Um, and they, they were easy to make and they were fun. And then they ran out of ideas for short movies. So they started basically stealing Japanese movies. Then they ran out of Japanese movies to steal. So then they were like, all right, we'll take like bigger things and make longer movies and realised, oh yeah, people actually will sit there for three hours plus watching a movie. But I think we've basically hit the point now where there's no stories left that will fit in a movie timeline. And that's why TV has just become so amazing, like with Amazon and Netflix and stuff like that. You know, like American Gods being made on Amazon. Like you couldn't have made a movie out of that. No, no way. And also, you, so another great thing about Back to the Future as well, is that you have great casting. Everyone who's in that film, you Chris Glover, you know, Marty or Doc or anything like that, you know, they're just, everyone who's in that film was perfect. And you had them kind of actors in that kind of time period that you always wanted to see as well. You had like real kind of... Character real, actors. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And, you know, and who would do a lot of things like that as well. Nowadays, I can't... I don't mean, we've got we're still super famous and great actors nowadays. But there's there's no one who would do like a film like that Back to the Future film. And I just think I can't think of. Can you think of a modern actor, great Marty now, of your head? Any, any so someone who played Ben Affleck. Oh gosh, <laughs> like like who could do it nowadays? Any I don't know. Like because you Netflix. need someone who's kind of youngish, but do you know who I think it would be? It'd Pacino. probably be Zac Efron. 
probably someone. It would who, probably, who, no, who, no, who played a who played the Spider Man in the second one? The British kid, the Andrew British Garfield. Kid. Yeah, Andrew Garfield would probably be something like it. Yeah, Can Andrew Garfield it, is a great Drag Race fan. Sorry, it's going slightly off topic. I was really surprised when I went to see Drag Race on tour in the in um, London, and Andrew Garfield was there having the time of his life and he got called on stage and they put a wig on him and he was lip syncing and he was having a brilliant time and I was like do you know what I respect you man because you're a Hollywood actor and yeah. you just don't care you're just out having a great time yeah, anyway sorry like side yeah. note but um the Zach Efron thing though that would have been like me taking the piss a couple of years ago but he's actually turning into a decent actor I think yeah. he's quite funny as well you know what though I wouldn't he wouldn't have sold me a ticket I don't think I don't think well, I did watch Paul Dabson and made you back when you that film. The thing is though, like <laughs> in those days, I don't think those films needed a guy with abs, you know, they didn't need they didn't need any nudity or some sort of uh, yeah. looks. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Marty, Marty was nice and squishy, wasn't he? He wasn't that poor. He wasn't <laughs> nice nice squishy Marty. Nice squishy Marty. And his mum trying to shag but, him. But don't you feel don't you feel upset though when you watch Back to the Future now, like her how it, like your Michael J. Fox could become, and we didn't get so many more films. Yeah. Up, but... When you saw him on Scrubs, because he, he was on Scrubs after he was diagnosed yeah. with Parkinson's, and he basically right. went went with it as part of the character. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's look, it's it's sad when anyone gets gets ill, right? Um, yeah. I suppose the difference with a, a famous person, especially a beloved one, is you feel like they're part of your childhood. So when they get ill, it's like it's not just the sadness of that person, but it's also the sadness of that person that means so much to you um, yeah. from a weird perspective. You know, like when Robin Williams died, I was like heartbroken. Yeah, same, yeah, yeah, because he made so many good films. And he generally a nice person by the sounds of what people think people were saying about him as well. So yes. And also I think it's a little bit it's a little bit it's like you, you can see you're kind of like youth dying a little bit as well or yeah you know, fading out. You no know? yeah fading out like Marty fading out of his family yeah. photo. But it's good, to, it's good to see, though, that you know, although Michael Jack, uh, J. Fox has, you know, he, he has um, that. He's, he's still acting. He's still been in stuff, you know, The Good Fight he's been in, Curb Enthusiasm. And all those sort of yeah, things. I forgot he was in Curb, yeah. Yeah, he's still, like, you know, making appearances, which is good to see, you know. And I think there's a difference in the industry now, isn't it? It's that people don't, don't, want, don't necessarily want perfection. So if someone is ill or if someone's disabled or if someone doesn't look the part um they're more likely to get a chance now yeah i don't think he's done anything recently though is he dave i can't, I, I can't remember i can see him anything like i said it was in a good fight last year oh okay okay yeah but i don't know, you know not only like brief appearances but you know, well, he's, he's the he, biggest person from that film isn't he from that franchise everyone else were kind of like lowball actors not christopher lloyd christopher lloyd doesn't really do much anymore not anymore, but he, for, yeah, he's quite old. And for he a is long very time, old. Was, I watched I watched a film in, the other day he was in. He was a serial killer, an old serial killer. And I was like, oh, this film's bad. He's got like eight <laughs> years old, mate. You know what I mean? He's got to have retirement sometime. Wait, mate, he, he can just go back in time and get himself a new, bring the new one with him. The 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 third in the the third in the installments of uh, well, the come future on, was, Let's not talk about that. Yeah, that 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 probably shouldn't have happened. And uh, when wow. the DeLorean was smashed up at the end, it was kind of like, yeah, that, that, that summarises this film for me a little bit. I think they should have gone back to the Jurassic era. era and Spielberg <laughs> should have missed, mixed up Back to the Future of Jurassic Park and just got, you just got you know, one stone. You know Christopher, I mean? Lo- Christopher Lloyd trapped in a great big um, amber rock. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can glue him. <laughs> 
Or you could make, or you could make one of those um, those Chuck Tingle books that I was telling you about the other day. It's spit acid. With a big fans, yeah, the big fans of like Cobra Hood. Now we are turned into Rick and Morty territory. So, 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 so summarize then, Rob, for you, Back to the Future, childhood movie. What's oh, your just... like your top top thing from that movie that you that, that yeah your the, your best moment? Best moment in that film, hands down, is the second one. I like it's two bits I love. Love the Jaws bit. He get he tries to eat him, and I just thought to myself. Because uh, you know how much I'm a fan of, I'm of cinema, I'm going to the cinema. I just thought, I can't wait to, for cinemas to be like that. <laughs> <laughs> so that was something that I absolutely loved. And I absolutely loved when he went like, to find his family and he was in Biff Tower and it would just become this total kind of siege movie. It was him trying to escape from this. Like, he was like, you're kind of banging your head again, Marty. He's like, oh, <laughs> he goes, what's happening? And he's like, totally confused. And it all, like, the timelines get all distorted and stuff like that. And he's got to try and figure out what's happening. I love that in sci-fi films. Like it's, it actually creates a parallel universe, you know, and they're yeah. trying to get back to the original. And I, I think that's what I love about the second one so much. And uh, oh, Patriot for the second one was solid, a solid story as well. Yeah, so I'm going to the first one. So there are two moments for me. Um, Crispin Glover as Mark, um, George McFly, when mm -hmm. he finally has enough of Biff and you see his face contour. And, and, the, he, and the wrist goes. Yeah, and he, he just, yeah, and he just smacks him out. And that was like a wicked feeling because, you know, it was just Mate, that was going to be my one. You yeah. picked the same one that I was going to pick. We've got to talk about loving because he... He had a massive argument. And he, he did. And he wasn't in any of the other films. No, he wasn't. They killed him off, didn't they? <laughs> they killed him off. Um, but yeah, the second one, I reckon, I'm was when when Marvin was on the phone to his cousin Chuck and he's got a new sound. Listen to this. I've got to admit, though, Dave, I think the first film was much more um, quotable, isn't it? Oh, and we've got to, we can not forget Elijah Wood is in the second film as well. What? He's playing the arcade game, the old one. Oh, of course he is. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah right. Like, you know, this is crap. He's like, what do you mean this is crap? Because <laughs> he goes up there and shoots some ducks, doesn't he? The guns. And, like and you got three from haven't you as well? Yeah. Uh, so I mean, for me, it was it's the it's the moment that you said, Dave, that when Biff's got his arm up behind his back and you can see in his face, and he kind of reminds me of Ryan a little bit. <laughs> parted hair and you can see his wrist ball up and then he just turns around and smacks him in the mouth and i think oh. that's for me that's um something from our era growing up is like you can hear people and get away with it well not just that but the under the underdog <laughs> everyone loves that movie where the underdogs had enough and they finally you know take all that rage and then just turn it on the aggressor and actually just flip the story mm. love that about, about yeah, can, our, I, can our, i change our, one of my bits though that's right, I, mate. Think, I think we forget bit where he puts the headphones on him he's got the outfit on and he plays the really <laughs> music oh what we think he's like an alien i love that bit as well yes the radiation suit yeah what song does he plays play him as well he's like because he's into sci-fi isn't he he's like <gasps> i don't remember that yeah, is like really problem. loud music robert's in your kiss isn't it okay probably probably done for this bit now because we've gone on for 18 minutes a bit, little bit over, but the other one was slightly under. Okay, so we'll be back after this commercial break. So, 
last topic for us to discuss today. And I've been thinking about this quite a lot. And I've thought about it quite a lot over the last few years, actually. And it's like, why do we get taught so much stuff at school? And I guess this probably isn't the, just the case for our generation. But why do we get taught so much stuff at school that's very niche and not things that are super useful for everyone? So I've always thought, why the hell are we not taught like politics and economics at school? But we're taught trigonometry and Pythagoras. But unless you're an architect, you don't need that stuff. But no one ever told me the importance of getting a pension. And I think that's the one that's most important because we're all going to hopefully get old and retire. And I didn't start saving properly into my pension until like, I don't know, maybe like a couple of years ago. And before that, I had company ones, fortunately. So there is some stuff there. But what is it with like schools teaching you weird, specific niche stuff and not life skills? I would think, and it might call me conspiracy theorist, but would you arm your person who you're going to get money from with knowledge if you want to abuse, I don't know, take what their resources? You know what I mean, I, I wouldn't. It's a good point, though. In, 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 in me, I kind of agree with that as well. <laughs> I just, I just don't see why it's any in, in any politician's uh, motives to arm people, like the general public, with you know help or knowledge which is going to benefit them, which essentially could be taking money out of their pockets. I get that for for not teaching people politics because they're probably scared of the fact that most teachers are probably a bit more. Uh, liberal than your average voter and they're probably scared there'll be a generation of liberal people raised i mean god forbid there's a whole generation of liberal people um but on the on the sort of that say the pension side of it so pensions and savings and about loans and things like that surely it makes sense to equip everyone with that knowledge because otherwise the country is going to have to bear the burden of an aging population who don't have savings because I don't, I don't know that they actually teach it nowadays in school. Oh, I've got no the idea. Question. They should, no, though. I should, well, I should ask my wife, shouldn't I, really? Have you, you seen... They do. They've learned by their mistakes, haven't they, I suppose? Yeah, I mean, have you seen these things now? These um, these adverts for on TV where you can get your kid a bank account with this specific company. Is it called Rooster or something? And like the card is linked to an app that you control. So you can kind of teach them about savings it categorizes the type of spending you can limit how much they can spend on certain things and it sort of teaches them to to learn about where their money is going but again that's an, an app that parents have to buy it's not something that's actually towards school maybe they do teach this stuff at school. i don't know but when we were growing up they certainly didn't i didn't no. know what apr meant or what, what the what the yeah. what, i mean i knew what it meant is in the letters but like i didn't know what it <laughs> meant like in terms yeah. of how much you're going to end up paying back? Oh, yeah. I, know, I know, like a unit of like alcohol measurement, APR, isn't it? That's <laughs> <laughs> a AV, ABV. But also, if they, if they actually made, you know, taught everyone to save up to buy a house, how, wouldn't it destroy the rental market as well? Well, yeah, yeah. The thing yeah. is, though, they, it might do, but you know, people might not want them. People might want, not want to buy a house. They might want to rent. You know, people might want to travel. You know, renting, you know, there's benefits to renting. You don't have to have that commitment of one place. You can get out and about yeah. and, you know, you, you have the flexibility of moving around if you want to. Yes, actually, I hate renting in Truvor and myself. Because I, I feel like I'm still renting now, but at least I own something. Part of the, um, the whole sort of government view on this is just so weird because... 
definitely like the, the country ends up paying for stuff if people can't support themselves so if you don't teach them how to save then when they're you know they're, they're, they're skint for whatever reason you've got to support them and then they'll slag you off for being dull scum or whatever yeah. and this well, is the people you're in there with this point sorry i just want to make this point about covid right we're all people who, is, who can still work during covid are able to save for the some for some people for the first time ever properly save and then the government tries to guilt you into the fact that you're not going out and buying coffees and from costa and sandwiches from pret and all the rest of it and it's like so when we're not saving and we fall on hard times it's our fault but when we've got a chance to save if we don't spend then we're ruining the economy like mm. make your minds up it's um kind of i kind of been trying to predict the government of Unrest. <laughs> they're um they're a they're a strange kettle. They're a strange you know breed it's of not, people. It's not just this one though, is it? Like, no, is, it's, not. It, it's all, all all the same. I mean, like no matter if you're left leaning or right leaning, you know, I just think they're pretty much the same. Because there's no there's no one who's actually kind of grew up in that situation. Like if hasn't there really never been like a, like a party? people that's like gone to schools like us in east london and you know in certain areas and you know and just had that kind of life skills and that life balance and you know, they know how it is and they know what it's like for people you know is it is there something why it's not happening is there people in there that's not being voted for am i missing something i think it's yeah. a weird thing in this country that there seems to be this obsession with um with money and aristocracy and i think yeah. people yeah. look at like the people go to eaton and in many ways feel like they are subordinates. It's like, oh yeah, of course we should vote for those people because they're supposed to be in charge because, you know, they went to eat. And it's like, no, you, what, why, why would you put people in charge who can't relate to where you come from? And it's, sorry, I'm not gonna, this isn't like a Tory versus Labour or whatever, but I just do think it's a weird um, culture thing in this country of putting down each other as working class people or middle class people in favour of like, you know, it's almost like bootlicking the upper classes. It's just such an, an odd it thing. Oh, it's, 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 it's funny as well, because it, it remind me of something, because I've got friends that live in Sweden. And do you know a lot of people, they want to go to education. You, you have to pay through, you know, the ears, the eyes, and the nose, and your arsehole to go there, don't you, nowadays? Mm. And I was, so our friend went to, I'm a nurse, or something higher up than a nurse in Sweden. And um, he paid her to do this course, which would, over here would cost her like 20 grand or something like that. They gave her a thousand pounds a month to go and do it, so she didn't have to like part time job and stuff like that. I said, but why are they doing that for? They went, she went, well, they know in the long term I'll be paying more tax mm. long term for longer from a period. I thought it just made sense to me. I was like, oh right, yeah, of course it would. This yeah. is the other thing. When 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 say for instance one party says that they want to put up tax, and the other party will get like the working class riled up about it even though the working class are not the people who ever have to pay that tax only the rich will but the working class get upset about the idea of the rich paying more tax which just seems insane to me like why would you be angry about that <laughs> because like the... i want to be rich it's stifling aspiration i don't want to know i don't want to become rich i don't want to become rich and then people take my money when i've worked really hard for it it's like like you know we all, we all have 24 hours in a day mate how hard can you work compared to the next man you know what i mean it's yeah, it's it's crazy, but like looking like looking back with what you said, Jim, about like um, the British situation with like you know aristocracy, you know, in America as well, it's it's pretty much the same. The fact that you know, like you know we got in America, we got like a population of like three hundred million people uh, above that, and if you could have two presidents, father and son, 
you know there's something wrong with that country. That should never, ever be a situation where that can happen. Where, like, you know, you've got George Bush Jr. and George Bush Sr. both being presidents of a country. How can that possibly happen at all? You have, like, Bill Clinton, then you've got, like, Hillary Clinton. Again, like, oh, she, she nearly got voted in. Mm. In, a, in a population of 300 million people, that should never happen. It shouldn't. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the it, whole thing about the people taking so piss sick. about the 1%, isn't it? But it's true. It is, it's a very small oh, yeah. amount of people at the top. Absolutely. It's, 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 the problem is that people know it. I think what it is nowadays is that people don't know what to do about it. And so they just kind of keep, turn a blind eye to it, don't they? It's like, it's like um, pollution and earth and stuff like that. You know, there's a lot of people know it's happening. It will destroy you know, the country one day. But... It's like self-abuse. It's, it's, yeah. it's like a weird um, like masochism where you're, you're doing this to yourself, uh, even though you know deep down, you ask yourself the question, you know the answer is is the opposite of what you're doing. But yeah. you've you've been sold this this tagline or this this phrase, and you're gonna and you've bought it. And now you've bought it, you're like, well, I've paid for it now, so I'm going to stick with it. And I know that it's wrong, and I know that it's going to mess me up, but I can't. It's like a, it's like a weird thing of people can't just admit they were wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's so, so odd. That's, that's a weird thing, like you know, people, you know, even if they are wrong and they know they're wrong, they can't admit to it, and they also double down on what. Yeah. They double down on no, they're, they're they're wrongdoing. It's like no, I don't care. This is my view. But mate, you know what? You are allowed to change your mind. You can admit you're wrong. And no, people might laugh and think, oh, whatever. But you know, people get beyond that. Uh, the good, hopefully, good people will say, you know what, you've you know you've learned that you were wrong, and you've made you know, made adjustments to change yourself, yeah. grow from that. And I think that's a problem with today society that people don't allow you to be wrong. People don't allow you to, you know, show growth. You know, you just you know you just have to, you know, yeah. Yeah, the, other, the other side of it that I think is really funny though is like because I don't I don't mind admitting when I'm wrong like I'm not, I'm not perfect no one is but no. it's, it's funny when you when you do admit when you're wrong and then people are like ah uh, see yeah uh, you didn't know what you're talking about you're like but you know so what I, I got I got something wrong what's, what? yeah and yeah. that's that's the other side of it people trying to shove you know people trying to like mock you when you admit that you are wrong which is just bizarre like you know what if I go to school on the first day and I get a question wrong you know what. I'm here to learn and you know I need to be enlightened. And that's that's what life I'm here for. Life is a school. Life, life, is, life, is, life is a school and you're always <laughs> learning. Life's a massive Brampton Life is a highway. <laughs> I will ride it all night long. Like, uh, so go uh, go back to school quickly, right? Because we started off talking about school and like what use uh, about like useless things you got taught versus useful things. Can you tell me a couple of things you learned at school that you think were utterly useless and a couple of things you wish you'd been taught? I wish I learned first aid. I think one of the things which is fundamentally important is first aid. Um, I know that a lot of schools in Europe do first aid courses for children and within schools. And, you know, if, if someone were to collapse now, obviously I've done first aid training outside, it's not obvious, but I've done first aid training outside of the you know outside of home through work and whatever and i think i'd maybe at least contribute to trying to keep someone alive but you know as a youngster i think that's fundamental life is an important aspect of you know everything and if you can preserve life in any way possible you know you should be learning the skills to you know contribute to that um definitely or also again like you know invest investments and finance you know it, it's it, it's about 
like I said, maths is you know algebra and Pythagoras and um, ge geometry and all that sort of stuff. And why it's good, you know, you learn you learn some fundamentals. You know, if, if not, 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 you know, people don't aren't taught how to invest wisely in, in stocks and shares and how things, how things work. And you know, if people were taught that instead of like you know finding quick escape by going down the bookie and trying to get like cheap quick wins as opposed mm. to you know well thought out investment and strategic planning, I think you know, we as a people of lower class, you know working class, are probably better off for it. Like. I remember working, so I'm just going off a bit, but uh, I remember like when I was working at a, um, a venue and it was a, a 13 year old girl's um, bar mitzvah. I can't remember the female version, but- um, yeah, I think it's bat mitzvah, isn't it? Bat, bat mitzvah. And these young girls, they came in and they, they had so much confidence exuding from them. And they were talking to me like, you know, they was on my level. And you know, again, we're all, we're all like, you know, people and, a 13-year-old deserves as much respect as a 40-year-old or an 8-year-old. They're all people in the day we should treat them. But it was like the confidence that they had in, in them. And I think, like, you know, that's what has been probably learned from, not at the time, but within the school as well. Mm. And I think that's something which really should be pushed for forward as well. No, so that's, a, that's a great point. That's a good point, though, because I remember being at school, actually, and I remember saying, trying to say an answer. I'm like, I used to... I didn't do very well at school because of my dyslexia and stuff like that. And I remember when I wasn't saying something, I remember my teacher giving me such a hard time about it, actually. I remember the teacher's name and everything. And after that, I never, ever, ever put my hand up after that, ever. I thought to myself, why do I get shown up at school? I suppose nowadays, if you're at school and you don't and you say something wrong, the teacher's like, no, that's, that's not right, but this is this is how you do it. And you go, understanding, you go, yeah. You know, instead of like, belittling someone. But when we grew up, I think school was a little bit harder well, I remember definitely having teachers like who would, you know, like make take the take the piss out of a kid for getting stuff wrong. Like that was just, that just would not happen. Now. My teacher threw a, I got a question wrong, which he reckons I should have known. He threw a chalkboard rubber at me. What dickhead? Yeah, so so it. so Rob, what what one lesson at school did you think was utterly fucking pointless, and what one lesson would you have liked to have had? I can't remember what it was. It was it was this um this part of science that we had once. <laughs> I remember I never forget that we made um. Bridge once out of human hair. <laughs> I made a bridge out of it, and I just remember sitting, I remember looking at my teacher, and I was like, "Why are we doing this for?" And he's like, "Well, you know, it's science." I went, "What science is it?" I mean, like, <laughs> understanding the tensile strength of hair is really interesting. Yeah, but yeah, I get where you I get where you're coming from. And I was like, "Are we, are we doing anything? To, are we doing anything else? Are we going to write anything up about it? Is there anything?" He was like, "No, we're doing this today." I was like, "Okay." So we literally cut our hair. <laughs> In all fairness, in all fairness, Rob, you wish you could do an experiment now looking at your hairline. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Don't worry. That's, Don't worry. That's a sore it, subject it, for all three it, of us. It, 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 would be, it would be a very weak bridge. <laughs> so, so, Rob, one lesson that you wish you had had? had, had. Oh, I think definitely it would have definitely been like property, um, savings. Like, I think that is what you said earlier on would have been a massive one as well. I also think a great thing would have been as well i don't remember my school having but i think it did was you know you have like um guidance counselors yeah as well i like to have there to have been like a you know like a pick and mix almost of like like um work um we used to go there and used to work for a bit for a couple of days stuff work like that. Experience. yeah like work experience in different areas you can wanted to do so just picking one 
you see we actually wanted to go into that was my problem is I always never knew what I wanted to do and I just could never example something I literally was like can I do this the thing I tried to get into I couldn't get into I ended up working in printing and I thought I don't want to work anymore the rest of my life because I (laughs) did so much it put me off of working but fortunately life is not just your first job and you get to you get to have the the pick and mix in life itself yeah but when you're when you're immature and you're that young and you go somewhere and literally at five in the morning and someone goes to you all them 500 boxes over there or you just rip them all up and I was like god that mean, you think this is my life? My, hand, my hands are in bits on recycling day, uh, on bin day. When I see <laughs> recycling. Hands. Recycling. You know what Especially during lockdown when everything gets delivered and you're just like, not another corrugated cardboard box. <laughs> my hands are just like a bloody mess. But for, for me at school, I think the most useless lesson, and this isn't like a generic thing, this is just my school, um, was home ec because honestly, they taught me nothing. Right, all the food that I cooked yeah. at home and all the recipes I learned myself, it's got nothing to do with home ec. Baking like stupid little tarts and cakes and crap. Like, you make I a chocolate bar. Nothing useful. Didn't you make a chocolate punch at orange juice once? No, we didn't make a chocolate bar. <laughs> I mean, fruit punch. Literally, were, my whole lesson one day was like making a fruit punch. We threw up a big glass of orange juice and threw a load of oranges in it. Mate, my weed, my weed cake recipe, mate. That wasn't from school. <laughs> but yeah, going, just going, going back to something Dave said though about algebra one the one thing I would say that I think is useful in maths was algebra because as you get older and it, I suppose it's different depending on your job but I think algebra gives you a fundamental understanding of problem solving which for me working in like data and in programming and stuff like that I think that really really helped me, me understand the different aspects of problem solving so that i found that quite good but the one lesson I, I i wish they'd had and you know you guys have already said it it was around sort of like the, the confidence based stuff like i did a leadership course at work that completely changed my life because it taught me that i was good at public speaking it taught me that i was good at yeah. presenting and and all these other things that i did not know i just did not know about myself i had no clue because i'd never tried and the next thing you know i'm like wow i'm, I'm feeling really really confident and it completely changed my life now well, if, if something a, like that score would be amazing they've got something nowadays called the prince's trust and it literally is a confident a confidence building course and they go along meet all kids i've never met before and they go to all different parts of like you know scotland and all different areas and just do all this fun stuff and they just and at the end they all have to stand up in front of each other and talk about it. i mean like a little thing about them talking to be about computer games anything and at the end of it they're just like best mates talking it changes them like that i've seen it i've been to them they're brilliant I wish I had done that when I was younger. I wish we could go back in time in that DeLorean and just do it all yeah. over again. Say to, yeah, say to we'd younger go, we'd self. We go, go back and Donald Trump would be running, would be my dad and my mum would have a boob job. <laughs> <laughs> right. That, that, that's a, that's about... <laughs> what, Rob's mum's? Right, that's, that's about... I'm not, Sue, sorry if you hear this. Um, that's about all we've got time for, except our little game. So... What we're going to do every week is one of us is going to bring a little game for the others to play. And we're going to keep tally of who who's going to, who's winning. You know, we'll do a little scoreboard, how many we played, one lost draw. First week, it's my game. And uh, for anyone listening, you must be familiar by now with the website Wish. And it's a, uh, I think it's a Chinese website where you can buy all sorts of products and they're very, very cheap. But um, often when they arrive, there's a reason they're cheap and it's their very, very poor quality. Yes. And often you'll see people refer to something, a crap version of something as, oh, it looks like you bought that off of Wish. So my game is 
if you were to buy these celebrities from Wish, what would you actually get delivered? So I've asked both the chaps, I've given them a list. I've asked them not to confer. They're going to let me know what their answers are. And I'm going to judge the best ones. So first of all, Dave, we'll go to you first. If you were to buy Sylvester Stallone from Wish, what would you get? If I were to buy Sylvester Stallone from Wish, I would have got Eric Roberts, the lesser known brother of Hollywood superstar, Julia Roberts. We all know Eric Roberts is, Dave. Well, <laughs> not, well maybe, maybe you do. But, uh, you know, he's, he's had a few roles alongside some big names, including Jane Doe Jones and you know, um, Daryl Hannah, you know, if, she's, if anyone still remembers her. Um, but he's not really done much. You know, he was in Heroes, which was admittedly all right. But yeah, I think Eric Roberts will probably be a wish version of Stallone. Okay, so everyone, everyone listening, if you don't know Eric Roberts, is Google him like I've just done. I recognise him straight away. And watch the I film can... called The Ambulance because he's in it and he's great. And uh, I can see that I can kind of see where you're coming from in the looks department as well. Actually, he looks like maybe if Stallone hadn't had so much surgery. <laughs> I've gone. I've gone more and looks. I have. If I'm honest. So, so come on, give, give it to me, Rob. If you've his brother, I've gone for young Sylvester Sloan. I've went with Gary Neville. <laughs> Gary Neville. Yeah. <laughs> Gary always, well, Neville. I was, I, was, I was watching a film when Stallone was quite young before Rocky, and I just couldn't get out, uh, out of my head how much he looked like Gary Neville when he was younger. It really freaked me out. So I've always thought you looked like Gary Neville. <laughs> I, <laughs> I've, I've got to be honest. I'm not seeing it. So I'm I wish, afraid. I wish, I'm going to show. I've actually got the film. I'm going to show you a picture of it. You I'm can gonna, send me I'm the gonna, picture over, I'm, but the first point is going to Dave. I'm afraid. Yes. Okay. Suck it, Rob. Suck it. Yeah. I want my answer first. Next. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're going first next. So, Rob, celebrity number two. If you were to buy Claudia Winkleman from Wish, who would you get? I think you just get Claudia Winkleman. Is <laughs> <laughs> that crap? <laughs> Oh, oh, that's harsh. Is that what I hate, you've written? I hate her. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's really harsh. Yep, that's what I've written. So, like, Claudia, you'd get her. Just give her, <laughs> give her up. They'd be like, there you go. Dave, who, who did you write? Okay, so while I think Claudia Winkleman is a wish version of Davina McCall, right? Oh, it's brilliant. All right, I'll, right, I'll okay. go with that. However, I think the the wish version of Claudia Winkleman would be Anna Richardson. Anna Richardson, yeah. If, if those who don't know, uh, she's the celebrity guest of the host of Naked Attraction. Um, you are what you eat. Yes. She's done. She's done you know the big what? breakfast. I'm sorry, Rob, but Dave's got it again because that's, yeah, that's he has. He's got it. He deserved that one. That was perfect. That is very good. And she's uh, is she married to Sue Perkins, or they just dated? She is. I think they. I don't know, but they've been together for like 18 years or something like that. They really? Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Naked Attraction is an awful show, isn't it? But who loves, it, who loves boobs and naked it's, people? It's awful. They're, they're all but, awful bits of boobs and willies. They're just the worst ones I've ever seen in my life. The best yeah. thing, though, the, the only thing I like about Naked Attractions is the fact that Lauren Harry's went on there because she's an absolute queen. <laughs> Mate, I love when her. I first watched it, I actually thought it was a Donica Pab at first. It really freaked me out. On to the next one. <laughs> Dave, if you were to buy Jennifer Lopez from Wish, who would you get? I thought long and hard of this, and it was going to be between Cardi B and Ariana Grande. However, I went with Bad Barbie. Um, for those who don't know her, she's the Catch Me Outside girl. Um, <laughs> both pieces of trash. Um, 
Jenny, you ain't from the oh, block. You've won this already. Barbie, because I love that. You ain't girl. a gangster. Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was a tough, but I had to go for bad Barbie. I'll give this to Dave already. I like that one. I've just gone with Kim Kardashian. <laughs> oh, do you know what? I don't, I don't know, though. So now, so you're talking about the Cash Me Outside girl versus Kim Kardashian. I like the Kim Kardashian one because she thinks she's all that, but she's actually yeah, that's, really, what, that's what I did it for. But she's actually really cheap. Yeah, that's why I went with it, basically. Oh, and the bum as well. No, Rob, you've got that one. Oh, oh. Sorry, Dave. I did oh. like yours. Because I was, Catch me outside. <laughs> I like it, but you, you thought about it outside the box a bit, Rob, and you went with the bum as well. So I like it. Rob always goes with the bum. <laughs> um, okay, right. So it's Rob's turn to answer first. Yeah. If you were to order Barack Obama from Wish, what would you get? Or a OJ Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute polar opposites of human moral beings. <laughs> so, so if you bought him from Wish, not if you bought him from Hell. Um, <laughs> wish made in hell. <laughs> the in hell. So come on, Dave. What was That's your choice? Right. I think Rob's won, won this one. Okay, so I've gone for uh, Jacob Basil Anderson, also known as a rapper Rayleigh Ritchie. Um, you might know him as uh, Grey Worm from Game of Thrones. Um, <laughs> yeah. Both both big characters, but lack balls. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think <clears throat> if you were to say, if if I'd ask the question, what would happen if you bought? Barack Obama from Wish and then put him through a, a, a machine that like rolls back the years and makes you younger than maybe you would have won that um, Dave but I'm, yeah I'm giving it to Rob it had to be which means we're down to exciting final uh, one which is the tiebreaker so Dave back over to you if you were to put Steve McFadden by the way sorry, I thought Steve, Steve McFadden was a boat from Boyzone <laughs> what? <laughs> Brian McFadden no, Steve McFadden is in um, Phil Mitchell. Phil Mitchell. Phil Mitchell. Who's it going to be, Dave? Right. So I was thinking Minty, but I went with Perry <laughs> Fenwick. I went with Perry Fenwick because obviously Steve McFadden is shit anyway, but Billy Mitchell's even bigger piece of shit. He's like the first shit that comes out of your ass. And Bill Mitchell's all the other shit that lands on top of him. And no one's to be the first bit of shit that lands in the toilet with all the other shit on top of him. So it's got to be Perry Fenwick. Oh, poor Perry Fenwick. I think you've won this one, Dave, because I just literally wrote Ross Kemp. <laughs> the polar opposites of each other. I went, with, I went with a twin situation and I always thought like Steve McFadden got the shit leftover bits and Ross Kemp got the good bits. <laughs> Dave DeVito. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I don't know who to give that one to. Do you know who came into my head was um, Jimmy Somerville? I was going to say I was going to say modern Simply Red as well. He what? does look like he looks like Simply Red, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Hold him back the year because yeah, he looks like a big bloated out. Mick Huckdall. <laughs> he looks like Mick Huckdall. Oh, wait, isn't it? <laughs> you look at him. He really looks like him. He really freaks me out. Oh, do you know what? I, I don't know. I don't know who to give it to. I think it's a. I think it's a, a tie. <gasps> Sorry, guys. I was to destroy that. A point each on the board. But look, you're both joint firsts in the league <laughs> at the moment, and I'm I'm propping up the table. Um, so next week, one of you guys needs to bring back a, a competition to give me a chance to get on the board. Right. I think that's about it. 
So uh, before we head off, chaps, sign off each. Tell us um, where everyone can find you online and uh, bid everyone a farewell. Rob. Well, you can find me on Twitter. I, know, I keep forgetting my kind of thing, but it is zombish, basically. With two X's at the front. No, it ain't. It's just it's zombish. Yeah. <laughs> zombish on Twitter. Zombish. Yes. Dave? And you can catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> How about that? I don't give my beat on the strangers. <laughs> oh, fine. Could be like that. Well, when I get to know you, you know. You can catch me outside. <laughs> Well, I've been been Jim Dolan. You can find me on the socials under at Beef and Teeth. Um, This has been the first show of, what do we call the show again? The Dial-Up Dudes. Dudes, yeah. The Dial-Up Dudes. Jim, you've got to say the, I'll say Dial-Up, you've got to say Dudes, Dave. Okay, this has been the first episode of the... Dial-Up Dudes. (laughs) 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 Next week, how about that?